Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to the Sigma Show, episode 53. It's me, Sigma, back for another uh, show. Before I let you know who's joining me today, real quick, we'll go over what our topics will be. And really, there's only one topic that we're <laughs> going to be discussing today, a very big one that kind of has a lot of smaller topics that branch off from it, but they're all connected, is Microsoft's acquisition or planned acquisition of Activision Blizzard King for 78.7 billion 68 I'm sorry yeah 68.7 billion dollars uh just a hair short of 69 billion dollars nice (laughs) but um here today to to talk with me about (laughs) this news is Blue Bones what's going on everybody it's Blue Bones B-L-U-B zero N-E-S how you feeling as well as Rachel Kayser. Hi, everyone. I'm Rachel Kayser, news writer for GamesBeat, and y'all knew I was going to be here this week, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I didn't even Jeff have to look at the was list. supposed to be. Show right, exactly. <laughs> like, you, you all can just, you can feel Rachel in the air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You heard uh, Activision Blizzard, and you're like. Us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff was supposed to be here on the show with us. Um, I don't know what happened. Some sorts of technical issues. Uh, he was trying to load in. Uh, was taking a little too long, and I didn't get any info. So we're going to do it as a three-man squad. Uh, we can probably put Jeff back in if he uh, awakens from his slumber. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, yeah, he just we messaged me now saying that uh, his PC restarted. Oh, snaps. So you know what? Let's let's do a tiny bit of troubleshooting that to start here. Um, okay. But in the meantime, before we get into the, the hard, heavy-hitting news, Blue, why don't you let folks know what you've been playing slash watching this week? Um, Rachel, yeah, after man. That. And we'll see mm-hmm. if we can get Jeff back in here. Okay. Um, I have continued Yakuza Like a Dragon, um, and I have not been disappointed yet. I'm super happy about that. I did just start, because I think it just dropped, Rainbow Six Extraction. Um, and I think that's a ton of fun. I'm having a lot of fun with this right now. Um, I'm not the one to play too many uh, realistic shooters. So Six Siege and um, some of the other... Uh, uh, you know, Call of Duties and stuff like that. They're not my jam. Um, but this is just fantasy enough for me to kind of like, you know, remove myself. And um, I do like the heavy team RPG aspect of it. The uh, the XCOM-like um, uh, health uh, management, I should say. Um, I, right, I, like yeah. dudes get left behind and if you finish a mission you and they have half health, they stay with half health until they have to heal up for a while. Yeah. It feels good. Like, I actually do feel like I'm managing this team. Um, And it puts me more into every scenario because I do see how this could be repetitive if the story or the reason that we're doing it wasn't exciting. But I do like um, what I'm seeing so far. And I'm excited to uh, unlock more operators and um, different perks and tweak them up and stuff like that. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be dope. Um, As far as watching, I finished Succession. Mm-hmm. And son, let me tell you, that last episode <laughs> was gold. It was that, beautiful. That show is thrilling in like the worst that, way. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Because let me tell you something. The first, and this is no spoilers really, but the first season, it's like you want one character to win. Yeah, that's how I felt. I wanted one character. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, he, right. he's kind of coming through. Blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, ah, he let me down. Second season, I realized, don't fall in love with nobody. Just watch them. Don't fall in love. But then I started getting a little bit more like, oh, yeah, hold on, hold on. He's coming back around. Okay, no, no, no. We can do it this time. We can do it this time. No. 
got my heart broken again. He is a terrible person. Stop trying to latch yes. on to him. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. Like, don't like you should not look up to or admire any None of those of characters. They're all not really, one. really terrible people. They don't deserve what it is they're going for. Most of them it's, are it's equally the most fun bad. watching them fail. <laughs> yes. And and so then the last season, um, that last episode, again, you know, you you kind of get that buildup, but it's just you go in knowing that no, it can't be. It can't happen. It can't. And let me tell you, what happened is still not what you thought was gonna happen. And and it's it's excellent writing. Um I love the evolution of every single character from episode to episode, season to season. Um, and really like discovering this family, the Roy family's past and how they were raised and why they're so eccentric um, and, and messed up. So yeah, succession mm-hmm. solid. Um, I'm, I'm excited for uh, hopefully another season. I know Adam McKay and Will Ferrell were having some problems. Um, I think they've oh, really? officially like, yeah, I read a couple articles about that, uh, or I saw a couple articles. I didn't get to um, get into the details yet, but um, yeah. So hopefully there's a fourth season. I, I need to confirm that. But uh, I did got into like ten minutes of Foundation, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to restart that. It was like super late at night, and I was excited to start it, and then. Found, you know, foundation uh, does start a little on the slow side i'll say sandman was so right like, next to me man <laughs> <laughs> like, like it, yeah, it, there's a lot cool. of concepts <sighs> that they're throwing at you in the beginning but like once very once they kind of get that out of the way um but they, they do at the very least they they put some some stuff to keep you going even even though there's a lot of like slow stuff at the start i think but like man, oh, incidentally, incidentally that's a perfect adaptation of the books in that way. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. They keep you That's true. Dope. Yeah. Um, on top of that, I've been catching up uh, Ranking of Kings. I'm not going to stop talking about it because it's stupid <laughs> solid. Um, I haven't, I, I just get more into it every, every episode. Um, and Ashton I think Chad that's co-signing a, you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ash, Everyone you already know what time Ranking it is. Kings. <laughs> Everyone needs to do that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but I think that's just about it for me. Oh, 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 I totally forgot. Yo, I am loving this series. Not, you know, there's some series like you just want to like, and you're like, and then you watch it and you're like, okay, it's not as good, but because I like this, I'm going to push it a little bit more. Right. Yep. Abbott elementary. I thought it was going to be like that. I actually freaking love this show. That show was great. It. Yeah. It I is amazing. It. I just watched the latest episode, uh, the uh, was it the tech, the tech um, episode where they get new tech. Yeah, they all had the apps and yeah, son. Oh my gosh, so many twists and turns and really funny situations and really teachable, like really good teachable moments. Um, I love everything that they're doing in Abbott Elementary, and I cannot wait um, to see this show continue to flourish. Every little. Um, piece of imagery is just something that I smile at. Um, whether it's uh, an ugly side of a character or a funny side of character, it, it's always entertaining. So Abbott Elementary, do yourself a favor. Is is wonderful. Yeah, that, that show is it's it's at the very beginning and it's already this good. Like I, yes. I guarantee you that's gonna be another ABC show with like 12, 13, 15 I hope seasons. So. I want that. Like it's, I really it want quality. that for this show. Yeah. A principal get like a donation and then go crazy. <laughs> 
I ain't want to spoil you nothing. I just call it that. But and then like it does touch on like real school issues, which is <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> the latest episode, um, and now without without going too far into it, goes into a lot of Chicago slang that I've heard from my friends in Chicago and on the East Coast, and it's so funny the way the they keep saying John and Bo and uh, <laughs> you mean you you mean Philly slang though? What did I say? You said Chicago. Chicago. Oh, I meant to say Philly. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> definitely Philly. My bad, my bad. Um, yeah, Philly slang. Uh, yeah, so I think that was really funny, um, especially because I've heard it from a lot of my friends. I've heard it from some of my family that do live in Philly. Um, and to yeah, see it right. represented there was, yeah, it was dope. <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely check that out. That's where I'm at. Uh, yeah, that's what I got. Nice. Uh, Jeff has finally uh, made it into the call. Welcome, <laughs> Welcome Jeff. <laughs> Hi, Jeff. Baby. Hi, Grace. Hi, Hi Blue, Blue Regard. Um, What's up? Some issues. Yeah, my computer tried to restart when I was trying to log in, and then the camera wouldn't work, so I had to unplug it and plug it back in. I think OBS was still using it in the mm. background or something. It's okay, Jefferson. We got we've, you. We've um, all had mornings <laughs> right. like that. Yeah. Um, as far right, as some of us I, are still having them. Uh, <laughs> Watching, I just finished um, the Blood of Dragon, uh, the Dota uh, anime series on Netflix. Oh, is that good? Second season came out. It was really good. Like, I had to stop myself from watching it because it was just like it just rolled right into the next thing. Like, it wasn't like a oh yeah, this is a good time to take a break. No, it was like oh this happened. I need to see what's happening now. Like, it just rolled right. It does such a good job. Um, the anime is really, really, really good. <laughs> and it's dark and is, it is not. like anime style or is it just animated no it's anime style uh, uh anime, animated okay. uh, yeah more like uh castlevania right Ooh, okay i like that. gotcha yeah more like castlevania that dark but not too dark some blood but not, yeah but not too much blood it's very I mean, castlevania it's is actually of, pretty graphic now i'm thinking about it, it. Is. but like it's not like <laughs> over the top Graphic just for the sake of well, some part like, it's it's over the hill. Kind of is. Is. <laughs> like did like, did, like a demon left. dog run off with like a baby in Castlevania? <laughs> um, <laughs> like that on, on the, the on the, goes gor- there. On the barometer, off, it's got like a B plus. You know what I'm saying? Or like yeah. a B, like a B, like a B. That's true. It did start off burning a lady to a cross, so <laughs> it was showing a lot with no proof. Yeah, that'll do it. For- but um, it was really, really good. Uh, animation was great. Really great animation. Um, story was really good. It kind of makes you, it almost made me want to go and play Dota. Like, that's how good the anime was. Like, I was like, you know, let me download Dota. Let's go in there. I'm probably, they're probably going to see, like. gets you. Yeah, the, dra- the Dragon Knight, right? It's probably, it's, and they're like, when I, it's way better than, I know if Arcane was good, but this is like, this is better than. Oh, Arcane. you're saying this is. This is better than Arcane. So you're saying okay. that the Dota <laughs> and I get, is better ooh, than Arcane. Ooh, controversial. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, my I love Vive. Vive is like my favorite. Have, you have to check it out. But no, it's really you, good. You said what you said, baby. I'm going to go find out. Go find out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I watched we'll Naomi this. on the mm-hmm. CW. I checked that out. What did you watch on CW? Uh, Naomi. <laughs> um. Okay. I don't know what that is, but typically yeah. it's all CWs. <laughs> like you wasting time. But okay. <laughs> well, the thing black is, it's probably girl. exactly what you're thinking it is. It's just not it's named what you think it is. Who um, comes to find out isn't from this world. 
a whole jazz with that. She becomes, um, and she's based off a comic book character, obviously, um, who um, kind of some of the same issues. Um, find out her parents. She knows she's adopted, but she didn't think she was from another planet adopted. Find out her parents are like Thanagarians. Thanagarians, if you're not familiar with them, are uh, like Hawk, uh, Hawk, um, Hawk Man and Hawk, Hawk Woman. Um, mm, yeah, so I've never met one. You should try to, you know, get out there, yeah. put yourself out there. I know, I really do. <laughs> Diversify my crowd. <laughs> exactly, you know, just being the same old Earthlings, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is cool. Um, that it was really good. First, there's only two episodes out, so it's hard to tell, but I, I do like it so far. Um, I finished the first season of Moshoku Tensei last night, Jobless Reincarnation. Um, because I was laid up, and had nothing. <laughs> the to titles do. of these um, shows, man. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> Uh, and then the other one, can't remember the name of it. Uh, can't remember the name of it. Aferote something something. Yeah, I'll get back mm. to you. Um, Lois okay. and Lois and Superman's really good. Second season of that. Three episodes of that out. Been watching that. And then Peacekeeper was a pleasant surprise. I was sleeping on Peacekeeper. I wasn't. I didn't think. I'm like, yeah, it's gonna be, you know, a show. But then I watched it, it, and it really, really good. It's like death. Um, Deadpool meets like, kind of like a uh, like a, to a smaller extent like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like that's how, I feel, but definitely heavily. Well, yeah, James inspired. Gunn is behind the show, so it, yeah, yeah, that that feeling definitely would translate. This is yeah. DC's Loki. What you talking about, bro? Like I said, this is really <laughs> good. I thought it was really well written. The jokes were on point. Like it, nothing felt forced. Everything just kind of flowed together. Like even some of the characters you hate, you do hate them for those. For the reasons they set out to you to hate, like John Cena's dad, like stuff like that, like it's really good. Um, I'm not going to spoil it. Go and watch it. Um, yeah. the fourth episode just came out on Wednesday. Um, as far as playing goes, I'm playing a lot of the Magic: The Gathering, um, making some new decks, trying some new stuff out. Um, I actually bought the Battle Pass or whatever that entails. So you love, obviously you level up, you unlock different stuff, um, packs, cosmetics. Stuff like that. Um, That's what the pass like, gives you, like cards and yeah. packs. Yeah. So you unlock the pass and cosmetics. Yeah. So cosmetics. you can look cool when I'm whooping your ass. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it, it's a card game, though, right? Like, what? It, so, how do you card dress a card sleeves. up? Card sleeves. Card bags. Card sleeves. Card sleeves. Cause like, oh, like a, like like a bicycle deck. Like you got like a little like a little special. Is that no? Not like an ultimate no, version like, like don't King know. Queen Jack. I don't no. know. I don't play trading card games. So if you were going to have a card, I would say you would have a card. But when you're playing, um, <laughs> you gotta gotta now they gotta they gotta go show me. <laughs> I was, I was physical cards, me, but they're not there. Oh, uh, he's gonna go get them. Good. Um, so my while my assistant is getting the props. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so each one might have a different thing on the back. Like you might have like Zelda, on the, I mean, um, Link on the back, but your car goes in there. Boom. Yeah. Show them. Demonstrations. This is your trading card. This mm -hmm. is called a card sleeve. You buy these separately. What yeah. you do, they're to protect okay. the card so they don't get messed up from thousands of times. I've right. drawn them and thrown them on the table. So you boom, kind of do like that. And, like that. and then your whole deck looks super freaking cool and you can have a right. theme for the deck and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And right, in the okay. game, you can do that as well. You can have like a little pet in the corner. Um, yep, you yep, yep. Kind of like a play mat. Your your board will look like a different way. Like say if you pick like a snowy mountains. Okay. The, the map 
looked like a snowy mountain. I mean, in real time, you have a play mat where you put your cars on the mat. So it might you might have like I said a Hyrule Signia on the back on a on the top of it, and your cars are played. Why, on top why do you of keep that. using Zelda as an example? Do you think I'm some kind of Zelda <laughs> fan or something? Yeah, he's <laughs> really trying you to are. pull him in. You know what I'm saying? You are. I got to give you something that you can relate to. You know. Um, uh, aside from that, I haven't gotten to play much. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably about it. Okay. How about you, Rachel? Uh, play-wise, um, I've been playing some Extraction, Light Blue, mm. um, which hasn't been, uh, it hasn't been bad. I got to write a preview of it where I got, where I talked to some of the developers, and considering they told me that the game is basically made in response to Siege, and it's based off a lot of, most of it is based off Siege, it is amazing how different it is from Siege. And when I play it, I don't really know if it's going to last as long as siege has but then again when siege first came out i'm not i would absolutely would not have predicted that siege would last as long as it has so i've been wrong about these things before and like blue said i I do enjoy the the risk reward aspect of it you know it's like you you reach us you can reach a natural stopping point a third Mm -hmm. two-thirds of the way through the mission it's like do you keep going do you push ahead or do you cut your losses and leave with what you've got so far. And I enjoy that. And I enjoy the the communication it fosters with other people. But if you do not have other people that you know behind the other headsets, oh, it is Yeah, it's not I can't imagine yeah. how that's supposed to go. Uh, it reminds me, me of a GTFO. You guys familiar with that recent release? I'm familiar. So I, well, I've, I haven't played it, but I've seen other people play it. Right. It's like kind of a similar concept. A bunch of people go down in like a alien or monster infested area. They have a bunch of objectives to reach, but they also need to be stealthy and not trigger the aliens. Uh, but it's it's a lot more in depth. Uh, extraction feels like a lighter version of that, which some people would probably prefer since you probably need much heavier investment in the way GTFO plays that stuff out. Um, and since these are characters that you know already from Siege, like, again, you kind of already know what each thing can do. You don't have to learn like a whole new system just apply it to this new situation which can be fun yeah and yeah i had fun with it oh sorry go ahead blue Uh, yeah i was just gonna say you know commenting on what you said uh opening like that dialogue with the risk and reward plenty of times we have my squatter and they're like uh can we keep going or or can we go like look i got five health can y'all protect me like what's the and then this (laughs) is this whole you know argument i love it because we're like look Let's get out of here right now because I don't trust y'all. You know, it, it goes back and forth. <laughs> it's great. And um, I mean, there's there's times when it feels like the <clears throat> gameplay is a little bit padded to sort of like give everyone something to do. Like the, the bits where you have to like pull people out of the cocoons. Yes. And it's like, yeah. okay, one of you has to actually tug. Yeah. Another one of you is like shooting the little energy balls that are coming on yeah. the little tendrils. And the other one is actually shooting the aliens. It's like, I love okay, that. You could eat. I mean, I. I feel like this is unnaturally fluffed up a little bit. Like you could just as easily have two people shooting the aliens and then the other person just yanking the, the comatose body out of the cocoon. But you know, it feels like you're fluffing it up a little bit just to give the third person something to do. I can see so that because they definitely, the reason they why. definitely, <coughs> go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, they definitely no, say, say was... they mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> Finish, finish. Blue, go first. <laughs> they mentioned that um, it does scale, you know, depending on the amount of people that you have in there. And I never thought about them just, you know, giving the third person busy work. It always felt natural to me, but I didn't look at it like at a, you know, zoom out a little bit. Um, I do think that they could do without it um, and just maybe have the tree be more aggressive. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I see what you're saying there. I see what you're saying. But go ahead, Sig. <laughs> 
No, it was same same general point. Like I was like I don't like that there's only three players. But from the way you describe it, like yeah, it seems like they did kind of struggle to find more stuff for the for the group to do that they weren't all just mm-hmm. doing the same thing. So a fourth player probably would even fly in the face of that. They'd have to fluff it even more. And maybe they decided, oh well, we can probably get away with three versus four. Yeah, there's there's like, times. I, I'm in not the a fan of the three three player thing. I'm not. No, yeah, he's not. Yeah. He's made yeah. a, a, a <laughs> yeah, the there's times in the gameplay when it works. Like I think there's like one I forget what it's called, but there's one bit where you all have to like deactivate like specific laptops at various points yes. in the map. Yeah, and yeah. so you mm-hmm. have to I mean, triangulation. Yeah, at first we were all like, okay, we're like, we're like, where are they trying to remember? And then racing back, but then you know, after a while, we coordinated and we all like were there stationed. It's like, okay, you hit the button, then you hit the button, then you hit the button. It's like that works kind of. It's still not like hugely like innovative game design i would i would say but it's like there's times when it works and times when it doesn't and you know it's got its good points i don't know if it's gonna interest people as much as siege but it is it is it is good for what it is which is you know a ubisoft first person shooter (laughs) and time will only tell if uh sticks around (laughs) and in terms of watching i finally got around to watching encanto which nice. I oh me too yeah yeah what, it's what one of those think? that I well I don't actually it's it's hard for me because I don't actually like Lin Manuel Miranda musicals but then I'll find myself like a few days later you know it's like I, I I'm not gonna sit there and be like oh wow that music was amazing but then uh, you know I'll be like eh and then a few days later I'm like we don't talk about Brown <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just you know then I'm like wait what it, it what? gets in there yep yeah Definite yeah so, that man. I like the story. It's weird because usually in Disney movies, like I like the music a lot more than I like the stories. And in this one, it was kind of the reverse. I thought mm. the I, I like that there's no antagonist. I thought that was Ooh, I, I thought that was a, a new choice. And yeah, and I, I like that the dysfunction of the family is not glossed over or easily forgiven. Right, it has to be worked through. Yeah, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like a real family, you know. Yeah, like yeah, I, 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 I like a lot of these newer uh, Disney and Pixar movies that are telling stories that are much more like small stakes. Like it's not, it's not like the fate of the world or the fate of the kingdom or the fate of whatever is at stake. It's more so like the fate of this relationship is at stake. Mm-hmm. So like that's the kind of thing that I feel like kind of just pulls things in perspective and really gets that because like I could not explain exactly why the ending scenario in that movie like filled me with tears. Like it was such a low stakes conversation between a granddaughter and her grandmother, but like Mm -hmm. you legitimately feel like how much they were holding back from each other until they weren't anymore. Right. And I got to say the only song I actually, like when I first heard it, I legit did like is the one with the older sister under pressure. Like that was the one that I was like, Oh yeah, this is like definitely what it feels like to be an older sibling. Yeah, like Especially stuff like that sister. just very easily just hit on like just emotion like so so well, mm-hmm. and the music helps. I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm the biggest Lin Manuel Miranda fan either, but mm-hmm. like I do, I do think he's actually pretty good at songwriting. He's mm-hmm. he's a pretty decent uh, storyteller using the medium of rap, even though his raps themselves aren't exactly like great. <laughs> like he's not a great yeah. rapper. He's really good at like- using words and rhyme quickly 
to tell you yeah. a story, which is so close to rap, but just not. Yeah. It's like it's like, like his, one his rap like genome removed with no, no seasoning. Yeah. <laughs> it's food, but you know it's not the best food. You know, it, yeah, it, but it, it works. It's a it's a yeah. good it's, it's a good fit him and like the Disney stuff. Like I, it's right. weird he, that they. It's not even weird. Like it, it seemed natural that they came together because he he also worked with uh, them on a lot of the songs in Moana. I think too, right? Yeah, he, I believe he was the, com- the if not the composer for Moana, at least he was the composer of a lot of the music. So we're gonna have right, to. And I, uh, I really like the soundtrack in that. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to bring Blue back in a bit. Apparently, he is not seen in Canto. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Blue. So. Come back to us. Okay. I, I'm done talking about it. Taco Bell. Taco Bell. I'm back. Yeah. yeah. I'm back. What's up, <laughs> But uh, does that do it for you, Rachel? Yeah, that's about it for me. Oh, wait, wait, wait. One, uh, one thing. Um, Sorry. I did actually – I have actually been watching The Witcher, and I got to say, one thing I want to say, I wish they would pick whether they want to do these eyes – their eye colors digitally or with contacts because they keep switching depending <laughs> on the, the camera angle, and it's got – it's messing with my brain a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on some some camera angles, you can see like Jennifer or Geralt are wearing very obvious contacts. You can always tell when it's contacts because it's you know it, it the, you know it's convex over the actor's eyes, and you know you can tell when it's uh, digital because they make it look like light is going through when it gets when the camera gets a little bit closer. But it's like you can almost mm-hmm. like my my fiance and I are like keeping like a running tally of all of the points when it's like okay now here's where it was digital here you know that's like oh that's not. They're, they're messing with Yennefer's eyes to make them look purple again. Oh, now she's back to purple contacts. It's mm. got, I love everything else about the show, but that is so distracting. And I don't usually notice things up. like that. <clears throat> yeah, it's funny that you bring that up because uh, I've been, I've started uh, the most recent season of Ozark, which is a mm-hmm. fantastic show. If you're not watching that show, catch up. It's, it's the new Breaking Bad. Like, it's literally just as good as Breaking Bad was. Um, and we've been noticing stuff like that in that show like the show was excellently written like the characters are amazing to watch the scenarios are like super engaging but then like you'll see a shot where the door behind him is open they cut to another angle the door's closed they cut to another angle the door's open and like their continuity is messed up yeah like i don't know what's going on like they're kind of hastily editing some stuff but like it it kind of sticks out like uh, there's a character who gets a bag put over her head and transported, and like when the bag is lifted, her hair is all frizzy, and then the next shot is all laid down, <laughs> and then it keeps switching back and forth between like those two shots. It's like that stuff is distracting. Like it, you start to have a conversation about the inconsistency, and then you start missing what the hell's going on in the scene. So like it's not the biggest deal, but it 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 does it's noticeable. Yeah, it's but one other, of the things that if that, you're noticing it, if you're noticing it, something's wrong. That would drive me right. crazy. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yes, now I'm that, done. <clears throat> yeah, other than that, I'm like I'm really, really uh loving Ozark. Like it's such a strong show. Um, like honestly, like I, I'm comparing it to Breaking Bad because like you know how everyone is always saying, like, when you have a big hit show, all these other shows are like, Will this be the next whatever that show is? Yeah. Ozark is literally the next breaking like it's as good as Breaking Bad. Except it's not like it's not Better Call Saul it has nothing to do with those characters, so it's not in that world. It's an entirely different story, but it's a similar situation where like people who are supposedly supposed to be good, upstanding citizens are getting sucked into a criminal underworld, and they're amazingly good at it, and like they're kind of in denial as to whether or not they belong there or not, and like that that scenario, like I don't, I don't know why it's become like 
so riveting to watch, but like it really mm-hmm. is. Like the like Jason Bateman, I think, uh, from Arrested Development. I know Boo knows. Like fantastic actor, love him in everything he's been in. This is the most serious role I've seen him in, and he's fantastic in it. He's so good in that show. I had a conversation with a friend of mine yesterday, my film partner, and he was telling me to watch Ozark. And I said, mm-hmm. I have a feeling that somehow it's going to ruin Jason Bateman for me. And he said, it's going to do the <laughs> exact opposite. Because I, him in Bad Words was hilarious, but it was a darker side of him that I hadn't seen before. I feel like it was what Michael Bluth always wanted to be um, from Arrested Development. That, that's the thing. Like He still very much has that same energy as Michael Bluth. Like, he might as well be Michael Bluth in this show, but like everything else Michael around Bluth him is a lot less silly. Like yeah, so it's like... <laughs> Um, like so, he yeah, he so, has to adapt to his surroundings. So like he's still kind of the same character, but like it's 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 really fun to see him in that role. Yeah, I think um, I am kind of mentally prepping to watch that show because I've heard lots of good things about it for a long time now. Um, and again, I've been getting like you know most uh, recent recommendations on it. So um, yeah, it, it sounds good, man. It sounds good. I feel like it's gonna be a, a dark Michael Bluth. <laughs> it, it, that's exactly what it is. Like I, I think you will really get into it. Um, yeah, outside of that, <laughs> have you watched any Ozark, Jeff? Yeah, why not? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, well, okay, that, that sounds. You've absolutely watched it. You've convinced me. I it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I saw when um, they were laundering money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't, don't want to spoil it though. You know. So oh yeah, oh, you yeah, saw the right, part. Yeah. Don't spoil the it part me. where they were laundering money. You saw that part. Yeah, I saw that part. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Great. Awesome. <laughs> you remember that scene. <laughs> but um, I, I've also finished finally um, The Expanse. They had their final season. Uh, I waited for all the episodes to come out. They only had six. Um, it's it's bittersweet to see that show go because it's really, really good. And they only had the six episodes to work with. But in those six episodes, they really did conclude the situation from the last season. So even though it did feel a tiny bit rushed, like it's, it's still an amazing like sequence of events and how they get to that resolution. Like, and like the dynamic between those, cause like those characters, like you come to care so much about them, you know what they care about and like to see what they're fighting against, like uh, without spoiling, like one of the crew members of the main uh, group, the Rosinante um, is a belter, which is the people who are like born in space. And essentially yeah. this is an all out war with the belters who are, you know, fighting against the inners, which are like Earth and Mars colonies, because they don't treat them well. Like, they treat them as second-class humans because they were born in space and they can't survive on the planet's surface. And so, like, they've been dealing with all this oppression for years and years and years. Finally, someone uh, rises up and leads them by doing a a heinous terrorist attack on Mm. the planet. And so, like, they're in all-out war. But it's like, this is her people, and she has to fight against them in order to try and bring peace and stuff. And, like, it like there's a scene at the end where like the resolution happens where like a like you just feel all that emotion and pain on this character like and they do a really good job of just quickly showing you like how much this hurt her to kind of be a part of the opposing side even though she grew up with all these people and stuff mm-hmm. uh, but there there are some story threads that they hint at in this that are like super intriguing like super sci-fi weird out there stuff that don't get a resolution because the books actually go on, I think like for two or three more uh, series after where this show stops, like there's a time skip and like different things happen. So like they kind of set that stuff up in this, 
but you don't get a resolution because the series is done. And that's that's sure. disappointing. So with with any luck, like maybe there'll be like a, a movie that comes down the line or like a, another show adaptation that takes it on further. But I, I've already started uh, buying the books. So hopefully I'll actually read up on all that stuff uh, myself and, and get those conclusions later. But um, if, you, if you've not been watching The Expanse, it is amazing. Well, one of the best sci-fi shows I've ever seen, period. Nice. Yeah, I enjoyed I mean, it when I first watched it. I just got yeah, well, yeah, you were catching up <laughs> on that too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, in terms of playing, I don't – like I still can't talk about the game that I've actually been playing most often. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you guys, I played some extraction for game night. And uh, yeah, it's it's okay. <laughs> That's my <laughs> valuation of Rainbow Six Extraction. Uh, but with that, we'll move on to our proper topic. Of the oh boy! Big ass Microsoft acquisition. So sixty eight point seven billion dollars, uh, highest uh, highest by acquisition far. in gaming history. By yeah, by far. far, like by leaps and bounds. <laughs> uh, so not the highest in just business acquisitions. Period, which is still kind of crazy to think about. That that amount of money just kind of gets thrown around by companies every now and then, right? But what are you? What were you guys' initial reactions to hearing this news? Because I'll tell you right now, mine was this is fake. <laughs> I, <laughs> I saw that was it my first I, reaction, and I thought it was a a good thing. Um, but then more news started to come out, and I got less excited. But then I got excited again. So like, <laughs> appear, apparently, uh, Bobby Kotick was shopping around different places because he didn't want Microsoft. To acquire them, he didn't want it to be Microsoft for some reason. From from things that I've read, and be, but because of all the nobody else was willing to pay that amount of money, like what was he going to do? It's like nobody else was willing to pay sixty eight billion dollars, and I could see I that mean, it was a little higher than like what their current mark well that what their market cap was at the time, right? They were at like fifty four or fifty eight billion or something. Yeah. Their highest was like 87 or 95 or something, if I'm not mistaken, like two, three years ago. So it's, it's definitely – it's technically took a dive since all the all the crazy stuff that's been going on with uh, Activision Blizzard. Um, it's – I'm glad he he's only staying on until they're acquired, like until the deal goes through, and then he's kind of done. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm like another <clears throat> article surfaced where there was like a meeting about the acquisition – in which it was supposed to be like a half an hour meeting. He showed up like 15 minutes late for it and then ended it early. And people were just like, okay. Um, <laughs> like, so was like, he not supposed to even be there? Like they, they called the meeting to talk about it without him? And no, he, just he called the meeting. Up? He called oh, the meeting okay. to talk about the acquisition and how things were going to kind of go. And he showed up like 20, 15 minutes late for the meeting. Then he was late for the meeting. Then he ended the meeting early. I think the meeting only wound up being like ten minutes long or something. Um, and he was basically like, you know, you know, we're go- it's going to be business as usual. I'll be on until the acquisition goes through, and then for whatever Microsoft needs me for after, uh, those are some of the things I'll be doing. And then kind of just ended the meeting. Um, I think he just needs to go. I think, especially when the <laughs> acquisition goes through, I feel like you can't have someone like that left over because people are going to think it's the same company that it was before, no matter how much mm-hmm. improvement you've done. And also I don't see it seem like he's in tune to fix the work, work, uh, workplace environment. I feel like he's just 
he doesn't want to go because he's getting that money. And that's why he doesn't want to step down. So even though I'm sure Dave's like, hey, you should step down. His contract, I think, extends him to like March 2023 or something like that from what I read. Mm-hmm. But like he I, – I, no way in my mind I think he was okay with his acquisition. But like I said, I don't think there was anything he could do about it because they're on a downward spiral. Like there was no place to go. And this was the best move for the company to help them get – a better light on the company. And, you know, Microsoft hasn't been perfect, but it's been a way better than Activision Blizzard. And I think they need someone to help oversee some change in that company. That sounds like the plot of succession. That's so crazy, bro. Like almost to a T. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong, Sig. No, you're right. Tell That's me right. I'm wrong. <laughs> Yo. right. Oh, my gosh. I will that say. Watching succession. <laughs> I gotta watch Succession apparently, but <laughs> I got the I got the call. I was asleep when the news broke, so because it, right, broke, it broke so like early in the day, a.m. Yeah. on Eastern time, I was asleep, and I get like some frantic text messages from my coworkers at VentureBeat, and like not the one, not even the ones who are on the gaming side, like who not even the GamesBeat <laughs> colleagues, like people from like VentureBeat proper, like text me like Rachel, did you see what was going on? And I was like. Get, and I, of course, I have my notifications on, so I was literally just picking my phone up. Was like, huh, huh, and then you know, double take with the wide <laughs> eyes, like what? And you know, they're like, Microsoft, Microsoft acquires Activision Blizzard for sixty-eight billion dollars, and I'm like, yeah. Well, I think actually it said sixty-nine billion dollars, which is yeah. why I thought it was fake right. at first. I'm like, right? What? Yes. <laughs> oh, I love that number. My, my that would, that would be that would be the nice <laughs> oh, herd around the world. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, I I mean, Jeff, I'm kind of curious. Where did you hear that it was that they didn't want to be acquired by Microsoft? Because I I have heard from you know the people I know that it, they did shop around. They you're right that they did shop around. I from what I understand, but I don't think they had any particular aversion to it being Microsoft. In fact, I think they approached Microsoft initially. Uh, it was an IG article I read that said Bobby Kotick wasn't happy about it. That he was vigorously shopping around because. He didn't want Microsoft to acquire them. I'll find the article, but yeah, it was uh, shouldn't be too long. Um, it specifically named him as being one of the people who, well, the the only person who wasn't happy about it that he was kind of like opposed to it. that. That yeah. does make sense, especially since he's been so bullish about staying on as CEO. Like, oh no, I'll fix whatever the problems are that are here, despite being part of the problem. Like, I, I he he's not a stupid guy. He knows mm-hmm. that if they do get acquired, the first thing that the new bosses will do is get rid of him. And so, of course, he'd be opposed to it, I'm sure. Yeah, I I, yeah, I can I can see that. I mean, I can see if it's Bobby Kotick in particular, who is not particularly. Yeah, but I mean, I think this is I, I think this is something that this is a calculated move on Microsoft's part. I would not surprise mm-hmm. me if. They sort of it's, they sort of slid into the figurative DMs there because yeah. I mean, it's been I mean we 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 talk a lot about I mean ever since I come on the show we've been talking about the uh, the uh, sexual harassment and discrimination scandal at Activision Blizzard but stuff's been rotten there at Activision for a very long time long before yeah. this started and I think in an interview with um, not to keep plugging my own people but they but no, Cody right did an ahead. interview with uh, Dean. Uh, adventure at GameSpeed, and he 
w- Dean asked him, did that play a role? And Bobby Kotick said, well, not exactly. A return of Grand Duchess Bobby Kotick, by the way. It's like, <laughs> not really. It was more of the fact that we delayed Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4. And the, I, I will mm. say, to give complete credit to the man, I think he's right about that. Because I, I mean... When it comes right down to it, I don't think they will care about the well-being of the employees. I think the shareholders care yeah. about a lack of product. That yeah, that's that, there's something to that. Yeah, you got the right answer with the wrong formula. Yeah, because yeah. uh, it's not significantly <laughs> dropped after all of the allegations and everything started to rise. Like it took a significant plunge after all that arose, and then it took another plunge in their quarterly call when they announced that they were pushing back both the games. So it took like two big plungers in both those, both those instances where it's like, oh, Microsoft, uh, Overwatch 2 isn't coming out, Diablo 4 isn't coming out until like, either the end of 2022 or, or early 2023. So they both took a big hit in their, uh, their stock market prices when that, when that happened. And then wasn't uh, the most recent Call of Duty release also kind of underselling? Like it, it yeah, wasn't the yeah. one that came before it. Yeah. Yeah. You can only grow so much, especially in a market like this. I mean, even no. Call of Duty hits a point of diminishing returns. And I think right. I think Activision was realizing even before the DFEH lawsuit that it was starting to hit that point. And, and like okay, they, they had so many of their chips on the Call of Duty uh like number. That so yeah, they, there was no diversification there. So I think that's part that's been part of the company's problem but again this is a problem that's been going back for quite a few years at this point yeah that's just like with um assassin's creed it was a yearly release today's they found out that they were getting diminishing returns they need to take a little bit more time add a little bit more to the game spend some more time on the game and then put it back out and that's when we started getting like origins and and you saw uh people actually become interested in assassin's creed again so i think they um I think we'll see a uh, a move away from the yearly re- uh, releases once Microsoft acquires them, which is supposed to take place like towards the end of this year. Uh, I think, and I think that'll be good for the franchise. Hmm. I want to say, what did they say? Like end of uh, fiscal quarter twenty twenty three. They said mm-hmm. is when the deal is supposed to maybe wrap up. So it may, it may be longer than uh, this the year. end of this year. But mm. um. But I, I do, I do think uh, this because that was one of the big things that a lot of people thought immediately when they were like, "Oh, Microsoft is going to take over." Does that mean a bunch of developers will be freed from having to work on specifically Call of Duty? Like, will Call of Duty no longer be a yearly release? Will those other satellite studios be able to make new IP because Microsoft desperately wants you know fresh new IP hitting like every uh, month or something like that? And then, and if that's the case, what then becomes of Call of Duty? Like, will Warzone? Because this, this was something that um, the escapist editor-in-chief, Nick, uh, said. Uh, and I, I kind of believe him. I think this is uh, the best idea. Warzone becomes a thing that stays multi-platform um, and is like a, a live service that is everywhere. And then the single-player stuff and the zombie stuff becomes a, not a yearly release, but like an every now and then release. So that you can actually get people to buy that. And that becomes exclusive to Microsoft consoles. Ooh. So like, you'll get your Call of Duty everywhere, but then you'll get... You know the single-player Call of Duty stuff excludes to Microsoft, so they kind of get it both ways, and that saves all those extra studios from having to make a Call of Duty thing for like the entirety of their lives to do something else. Right. 
be similar to Apex is now, where you get events and all this stuff going on, and they they make most of their money through obviously microtransactions. So they would probably make more money than they would, and I think a lot of companies are seeing that releasing something free to play, doing a games a service as opposed to releasing a sixty dollar or seven dollar game, and then. Mm-hmm. I think you can Ooh. notice a. a sorry, Blue. Go ahead. Oh uh, no, I, I was gonna say, uh, you know, to answer uh, Casey's original question, uh, my initial reaction, I um, just like you guys, I kind of thought it was a joke. Um, my same friend, my film friend, had sent me the um, the article, and looking at the title, you know, typically when you scan these titles, especially early in the morning, you see like one big name in there. You're like, okay. What did Microsoft do this time? And then I saw Blizzard or Activision Blizzard. I said, wait, what did Activision Blizzard? Wait, why are they in the same title? (laughs) Yeah, that (laughs) double take was crazy. Yeah. Um, As a gamer, I was hype. And especially as the Xbox primary gamer, I was hype. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as like a American citizen looking at that number, I was just like, (laughs) oh my God. In but that's that's yeah that's a whole other uh, conversation. <laughs> but yeah, that's so it was equal elation and um, horrification. <laughs> I yeah. think uh, you know you can kind of uh, we we can we've been looking a lot of it from there's been a lot of literature about what it was like what it's going to be like from Activision Blizzard side and even from Sony's side. But I enjoy watching the pattern of how Microsoft works because I mean if you look at like. Based on like what happened with the Zenimax acquisition, the Bethesda acquisition, um, you notice they hadn't. Uh, Bethesda had not really had a good year for a few years. Like for about, mm-hmm. I think their last good year was 2017. And mm-hmm. other than Deathloop, they were facing down like a pretty like empty release calendar. And there was no, there's nothing co- there was nothing coming up. Starfield hadn't even been released or even revealed properly at the time when the mm-hmm. acquisition was going down. So um, is I sort of enjoy the you know the idea of um, them realizing, oh crap, we're not prepared to handle this. You know, this is a time when, you know, they have the the biggest captive audience they are ever going to have and they don't have games for them. And so I just imagine um, Microsoft sort of coming in, you know, waving a money clip around with that is absolutely (laughs) packed to the brim and, you know, with ZeniMax. And then the same thing was going on, I think, with Activision Blizzard. You know, they show up when Activision Blizzard has nothing besides Call of Duty. And even then, that's not really as big an accolade as it used to be. They don't have Overwatch 2. They don't have Diablo 4. We don't even have a release date for Diablo Immortal. And how long has it been since that game was announced? And... Mm So they don't. So you know, Microsoft comes in and says, "Hey, how would you like seventy billion dollars?" I think you know. Regardless, I did read the article, by the way, Jeff, and um, uh, yeah. Regardless of what Bobby Kotick might have was hope might have been hoping, I think they would. I think even Activision Blizzard would have been a fool to turn down that kind of payday, considering oh, what they're looking down the barrel of. So, mm-hmm. regardless of whether he maybe got overwritten, over uh, overrode, overwritten. Mm-hmm. Uh, bulldozed I'll, I'll by his vetoed. <laughs> yeah, by his by some of his fellow uh, fellows at Activision Blizzard. But either either that, or he realized that this is the smart decision, even if it means he's not going to be part of the company. Which I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to lay all my chips on him being ousted just yet. I think it might be that I don't know if he really wants to report to Phil Spencer. Oh yeah, when somebody's used to being in power and doing whatever they want, it's a lot <laughs> harder pill to swallow. That I got to answer to somebody else. 
it's just but like but phil just, phil would be the new ceo like it like phil's message uh, that he yeah. released said that he would be taking over as ceo once the acquisition is done which means bobby wouldn't have a job so like either they would give him a new job which seems preposterous or they'd just be <laughs> like bye which seems more that's likely not, that's say something. it's not gonna be no promotion Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but let's let's not pretend the man does not have the pair a parachute for the gods. Well, yeah, that, oh, yeah. that is true. That, that's a thing that leaves, a, yeah, leaves a, a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Is like, well, Bobby Kotick does get a big uh, payday, even though right. like if he gets fired, he gets a payday. Just because the company's being acquired, he owns a lot of stock, he gets a payday. Like he's he's gonna be rich, richer as a result of this. But, like, honestly, like, we weren't going to stop him from being rich. He was already w- yeah, like, way more yeah. rich than he needed to be. He's been overpaid in that position for years already. Like, mm-hmm. we weren't going to stop his his money. His money already makes him money. So, yeah. like, that, I don't, that's not a thing that I feel like people should really get hung up on. Like, Bobby Kotick, even, even if he got fired that day and had to go back home with nothing, he was still way more rich than any person in this country probably needs to be. Like, he was not going to have a problem money-wise. So this no. new money probably won't even affect his life at all in any meaningful way. So that's will he just work the reality. In, will he work in the video game industry again? I don't think so. Like I don't. Yeah, think, he will. I don't. You just I not gonna see his name on anything, but he's gonna be yeah. consulting. Yeah, that's probably. Yeah, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's some other kind of struggling. Yeah, he could be. He, he could be an investor. He could be on a board or something. But I wouldn't be. Yeah. I wouldn't be completely shocked if some other company that has like a struggling uh, lineup makes Bobby Kodak their new CEO. Because, like, with everything else that's been done, Bobby Kotick was still good at that job. He made Activision Blizzard a ton of money while he was there. Terrible if he's still person. interested in doing that, yeah, some, some crappy company is going to be like, hey, do that for us. Because they don't care about the, the optics. They don't care about the politics. They just want the money. And the money follows Bobby Kotick, as we just said. <laughs> it's so sad. So, like, I, I wouldn't be so surprised, sad. but yeah. Yeah. Now, so, sorry, go ahead. No, okay. Well, I'm just um, thinking, like, since we're talking about terrible people and Activision Blizzard, um, I saw a lot of people talking about like what act- what Microsoft might be doing to sort of fix the culture of Activision Blizzard. And I don't know if that's the right way to look at it, that, you know, a Microsoft is either going to come in and uh, change everything and fix it. Well, I mean, it's going to be a long time before Microsoft is going to be in charge of anything at Activision right. Blizzard. Yeah. And in the meantime, we've got a lot of people at Activision Blizzard who are not doing well. There are a lot of, you know, as far as I understand it, like the, a lot of the workplace problems at Activision Blizzard have not been fixed. And there's still the fact that Activision Blizzard is basically like making veiled anti-union uh threats against its employees and you know well outward you know very passive aggressively but you know it's still i i think let's not depend on microsoft you know swooping in like an avenging angel and fixing the company because i i'm not optimistic about them doing that (laughs) less of an angel more of a vulture right (laughs) yeah well but i like a car accident that knocks your spine back into alignment That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense. <laughs> I think 
of the imagery of that. <laughs> but I think that Microsoft will not want their name on something like that. That might be the only reason that they would make an effort. But I mean, there were a lot of people who were from Microsoft who were part of Activision Blizzard when, you know, all these all these problems were happening. And I am I, I have my concerns about how much they're going to do, how quickly it's going to get done. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. The the whole industry could use an overhaul. It's not just this one company. This 100%. is just this mm-hmm. is just the one company that happens to be in the hot seat right now. Yeah. So I don't know. I just want to. I just. I'm hoping nobody forgets about this by the time the acquisition has gone through. I'm so glad you said that because especially when we're kind of trying to pinpoint when this deal is actually going to go down, how many people are still going to be looking at Activision Blizzard and that workplace environment? Because right now, yeah, it's a hot topic, but a year or two down the line, are people really going to be rallying behind these workers like they're supposed to, like we are supposed to, to to make a whole overhaul in this industry? That's the question. And maybe that's why this is pushed back so far. Like there's lots of there's lots of factors that could go into this. But honestly, if you think people aren't gonna hear that uh, that noise in your that your car keeps making um over time instead of fix it, you know what I mean? You, you might you might just keep running it. Well, here's here's what's interesting about that, because this is actually the second part of the story that I, I have written here is the QA team for Call of Duty Warzone, uh, Raven Software, they've recently actually successfully put together a union. Um, it's not massive. Um, it's like what, like thirty to forty people out of the whole of uh, it was Raven like Software, seventy but eight percent of their group of the QA department. So like that's just one department of the whole Raven Software, but that the majority of that department has successfully unionized. And like they have representation and they basically called for Activision Blizzard to recognize their representation. Um, and they they were forced to basically say that they they acknowledged them as a union. Uh, I don't know if they've set a date in terms of like, you know, negotiating like new wages or details or whatever yet. Like that's probably remains to be seen. But the fact that this tiny part of the workforce has successfully created a union, I think that does speak to the fact that this isn't something that's necessarily going to just go away, right? Because they need those people. Like, people are complaining that Warzone is, like, bug-ridden and filled with all sorts of exploits and stuff. Like, those guys need to be doing that job to make one of their most profitable games work properly. So they do have some bargaining power here now that they've come together as a group. And if that's an example that other people within that company can follow, and I'm sure that they're you know, throwing out their literature this way, that way. And people are taking notice because this this is a first. I don't think there's any other gaming company that has had a successful unionization of workers other than this. So if this, if if it, if it ends up, this ends up helping them, I'm sure you'll see a ripple effect, especially within Activision Blizzard Studios. And that is something that Microsoft will have to deal with. They're another big corporation, which of course doesn't like unionization, but it's going to be their problem once this deal closes. And that's going to be the thing that, kind of makes it so that you can't just paint over it with a big green paintbrush. Like you're going to have to deal with that, you know, these new developments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I admire the stones on these people. I mean, we're talking like 30 yeah. employees. Yeah. That's, you know, that's heavy. Yeah. That's that, that, that takes, that takes, uh, that takes some guts and I, I admire them for yeah, they've been out of work so. for weeks now. Yeah. Yeah. And you get excommunicated from, from, place big places like that you know what i mean like unofficially excommunicated when you start talking about union right um 
yeah, that, that's just like you said. They got some cojones to say the least. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's heavy. Okay, um, so we'll, we'll move I, on. I, to... I wish the best for them. No, for real though. I do wish the best for them, and I wish that I hope that more of these um, workers get the rights that they um, deserve. Well, I mean, especially and considering the compensation that they deserve. Yeah, especially considering Activision Blizzard have actively, like, ever since this whole scandal broke, they have been doing their best to try to discourage exactly this kind of thing because yeah. they know mm-hmm. this is the this is the right environment for that. I mean, they've been uh, like they hired a union busting law firm, I believe, to represent them. As well, I could. I know I'm. I'm foggy on the names at this point in time. It's been. This has been going on for quite some time. Yeah, but it was a while ago. <laughs> but yeah, they. Um, and their response was, I again. This is. I don't know what is going on with the active. I don't know who's drafting these responses. But this is like. Uh, when they said uh, they're carefully reviewing the request for voluntary recognition, which seeks to organize around three dozen of the company's nearly 10,000 employees. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're you saying that does not make me admire those three dozen people any less. Yeah. If anything's and, more right. <laughs> and there's, by the way, there's something I don't think, I think them saying that makes me real. makes me remember that the, um, one of the problems that Activision Blizzard has had for far longer than just this lawsuit is that they have been struggling to fill talent positions for a long time. They've had hundreds of job openings and, uh, open positions at their studios that they have not been able to fill. So that has been one of the Achilles heels in the, at this company that might just bring it down is the fact that they have not been able to keep and retain good talent. And apparently, as we can see, threatening and intimidating them is not is not necessarily always going to work, especially now that they're kind of getting an inkling that they might not just, that, that they aren't replaceable. And that's that's I mean, we've still got, uh, you know, people that Warzone still needs QA testers, for example. And it's not one of those things where you can just necessarily bring in a whole new team and try to train them up and get them to replace the people who are striking. So Mm -hmm. these are people who have, you know, are trying to find a way to effectively utilize effectively weaponize their power and more power to them, I say. Yeah. Yeah, Lampy uh, adds, uh, any part of a company can form a union, but there's no requirement for the company to formally recognize them for collective bargaining unless specific conditions are met, such as percentage of total employees being a part of it. They might recognize them as a union, but not be required to bargain with them. Like, that is true, but like just what Rachel was saying, like, this is the environment where they kind of, it's so much more difficult for them to get away with just ignoring this. Right. Like, it's in the news. Like, they have all this scandal. This is the first group of people to do this. Like, they are the first gaming union. All eyes are on this union to see what happens. So, right now, they're saying Activision, recognize us. Activision, they blinked. They said, like, yeah, we see that you guys unionized over there. So, what are you going to do about it? They, they can't, like, after that, if, they, if Activision literally does nothing about this, then all eyes are become put on microsoft to see what they're going to do because microsoft isn't going to want to do what activision did (laughs) like it's the like you want to just become the new activision no like they're hoping to clean up that image so like this is part of that like fixing whatever the problems were whatever the problems that happened at a company that forced a bunch of people to try and unionize even though they probably should have been trying to do that again like you know for years now but like if, if it got so bad that they had no other choice but to go this route, Microsoft has to make them feel better. 
Like they have to deal with it in some way. I, I don't think they're going to just ununionize at this point, you know? Well, I mean, Again, I don't want to necessarily think that, you know, Microsoft is going to come in and be more reasonable than Activision Blizzard. I don't want to set us up for that kind of a disappointment. No, I I, yeah, I get how that sounds. But I personally do think Phil Spencer being the one who's in charge of all this, he has cultivated a reputation for being the person who listens. Like, And not to say that he's like he's not, you know. That he's completely altruistic, like he does this for specific reasons, you know, to build up the company, to make money for shareholders, blah, blah, blah. But like I have to give credit where credit is due. Like Phil Spencer, the moves that he makes, he does them when they're public facing in such a light that Microsoft comes out as the good guy. Like that's that's a narrative that he's cultivated. No one else before him really made Microsoft seem like they were the good guy in a lot of these situations. And I think that's something he values. So if there is a situation that shows up where Phil Spencer is on the look on the the hook of being seen as the bad guy, I I'm gonna assume that he's gonna err on the side of well, let's do what everyone else thinks is gonna be right. Because that's so just said, what, even that's if it's a persona, record. you think he's gonna do the right thing, even if it's a persona. Even if it's a persona, I don't know what that means. <laughs> like like even if he's act like not just the doing most, it for appearances. Yeah, if he's just doing it for right, appearances, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yes. He's still going to do the right thing is what you're saying. Right. Because the public face that he's built for him as the top of Microsoft is, look, we love video games. We love our consumers and everything we do is to help those two things. So if he's if he's if his back is against the wall and they say, like, Phil, if you don't do this, Microsoft is a bad gaming company and you don't care for the consumers. You're going to be like, well, damn it. Now I have to do this. <laughs> like, that's just well, how I feel. Like, it might be completely untrue, but that's the vibe I get. I don't see him doing what led to such a volatile situation at Blizzard, where something happened, it was reported, it was ignored, something else was happened, something else was reported, it was ignored, and it just created that environment. I don't see something being reported like we had the issue, come to find out, Bobby Kotick knew about a lot of this stuff and did nothing. I don't see the same thing happening where it comes to his attention that these things are happening, and he's just like, yeah, I'm going to pretend I didn't know anything about it. No, he's going to make an example. That's what you do mm-hmm. when you take over a new company or you go to – even if, if I'm for work, if I take over a new store, something comes to my attention. I don't know what the prior involvement was. All I can go by is the way things are supposed to go. I don't know what happened before, but this is how things are supposed to go. Something comes to my attention that happened. I don't have any um, attachment to anybody here, number one. I just got here. So if something happens, I have no problem reprimanding, get rid of somebody or whatever involves, but also to let people know if you need to come talk or something's going on, don't be afraid to bring it up. So that way we don't have the same issues that we had before, before I got here or whatever it is to also raise the morale. If you just have people come mm-hmm. in and feel like their voice isn't heard, they're not going to be invested in where they're working. They're just going to come in. It's just a job. If they get another one, they're going to be gone. They're not going to show up. They're not going to put their best foot forward. But if they come in and they feel valued that you care about them aside from the job they're supposed to do, it's going to add more to their relationship with the company and also with you. I got to be honest, Jeff. Um, I do believe that Phil Spencer has the capacity to ignore um, complaints, just like Bobby Kodak. No, I say that he has the capacity. I don't have any. I think, I think everybody has the capacity, well, but we have yeah, to. Yeah, so there's nothing. That's what I'm saying. There's nothing telling me that he wouldn't do that. 
And there's nothing telling you that he would. The absence of evidence isn't evidence. You do know that. Yeah, well, there's no there's no evidence to suggest that he would address complaints. Yeah. Too. I mean, we're just talking about the we're we're comparing vibes of Phil Spencer at this point. Basically, we have no evidence. We have no evidence that they're going to do that. Microsoft is going to act one way or another. It's just right. What what you know? What vibe do we get from Phil Spencer, and how does that what what impression do we get from him, and how he would run Activision Blizzard if he had complete control? But you know, I think it's pertinent to remember that he's not going to be in charge for quite some time. If he ever. Is. His scent when he takes over. We can't judge somebody off of if he has no bi- bad prior behavior, that does not mean that, I mean, no good prior behavior that you can bring up just like if he doesn't have any bad. Like if someone goes to court, you can't say, well, we don't have any evidence that he didn't do this, but we don't have any that he did. So, Well, before well, any of this stuff came out, we could say the same thing about no. Bobby Kotick. Hold on, we did. We found out that he knew about this stuff. That's what I'm saying. So, like later on in the future, if we find out that Phil Spencer knew exactly. about all, this, that's what I'm saying. So I'm the saying future, I wouldn't I put it past him to have hidden something if something came up. I don't. I don't see that happening because it's, better, that. it's better to get out in front of something when you know this has been an issue going on, and if it comes to light that you knew about it, you're equally as culpable as the person who did it, as opposed to Bobby mm-hmm. Cole. He was already so far into it. This has been going on for years. So, you know, where there's a buddy system where he knew somebody that was he, you know, liked or was attached to that he didn't want to reprimand, and he just kind of slid it under the rug. So the next time that happened, he couldn't say something about this guy because he let this other guy slide with it. It just became a, a snowball downhill. So years later, when it finally comes out, He's like, that he knew about it. It's almost impossible that he didn't know about it. Because he also had some lawsuits that were paid out because of some of this stuff that were sealed because of, uh, you know, obviously, you know, once you get paid, you can't bring this up or say anything to the media, that type of stuff. So that is past behavior that he's known for years just because those lawsuits would have came to his attention as the CEO. All right, so I want to call attention to a conversation that's been going on in the chat right now. Uh, Lampy and Deeb both going back and forth about the fact that um, Phil Spencer is not the head of Microsoft, just Microsoft Gaming, in which case mm-hmm. they can probably overpower him even if he did want to recognize you know, a union. Like if, if they don't legally have to, it's not necessarily up to him whether or not they recognize uh, you know, a union. So it can I, it can basically be publicly percepted as like oh well I wanted to help you guys but it's out of my hands like that's what they're saying like he gets kind of a jail uh, get out of jail free card with that kind of a rhetoric like that's what they were going on about in the chat I just wanted to bring that up uh, what's yep. your take Rachel well I think um, I think there's a, there is an option it's a little cold blooded but I think the option for Microsoft is still on the table to. Uh, recognize the workers' complaints without rec- recognizing the union because they they have uh, this all started because Raven Software employees uh, were not treated very well. Like a bunch of them had their contracts renewed or they were moved to full time positions. A bunch of them weren't, and this was so they were effectively laid off. Some of them had just moved to new cities to work at Raven Software. So they that's that's how this whole thing started was that some of them were not treated fairly by the company and then it's sort of like become an even bigger thing from there and so that's why you know the environment seems right for them to try this unionization thing and again more power to them. 
But I think if Microsoft says, you know what, sure, we will pay you fair compensation and we will rehire these workers who were unfairly um, again, not to say they can necessarily do that, but that option is still on the table. They don't, there is, mm-hmm. it isn't just, uh, you know, recognize the union or don't recognize the union. They still have an option to do something that seems fair, but is not, you know, does not necessarily like bring in all the, impl- you know, bring in the union in any way. And and if, if that were to happen, if they meet the demands that the union people have, but then don't recognize their ability to bargain, is that, is that enough, you feel like? Or is still basically the, the nightmare that everyone is perceiving, the nightmare scenario where Microsoft comes in and does nothing and, and you know things remain the same? Like, is that enough? I mean, I I think that, you know, game workers in general need to be uh, need to be at least having the conversation about unionizing a lot mm-hmm. more than they currently can. And mm-hmm. I think this is just going to be another case of a big corporation, which obviously does not want unions, does not want to recognize unions, coming in and basically like collapsing the souffle. That's right. I. I don't think – I mean, I, that will be a good thing for the Raven Software QA workers, especially the ones who were who were not – whose contracts were not renewed. But it's not necessarily going to be a good thing overall for the health of the industry, if that's what you're asking. Right. Right. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Like, it, it's – yeah, it, they are still very massive companies. Like, we, we can't lose sight of the fact that, you know, a union is a good idea for the working class, not a good idea for the, the corporate elite. Like, they – yeah. They they are going to do what they need to do to try and stuff that so that they can continue to make more money than they should be making. <laughs> in all honesty, uh, but we'll we'll move off of that because that's that's a back and forth that you know we're not going to solve here today, and we don't know what's going <laughs> to happen until probably a year and a half from now at most, yeah. or at least I should say. Uh, but we'll move on to like just the the final sticking point about this situation here is that with Microsoft now owning or eventually coming to own Activision Blizzard, that puts the highest selling video game that's on multiple platforms in the roster of Microsoft exclusives. And Sony, <laughs> who lost $20 billion in stocks when this news came out, basically had to uh, put out a post that said like, look, we, we heard the news. We're pretty sure Microsoft is going to keep Call of Duty on our platform, so don't freak <laughs> out, everybody. And then they, then from that point, had a phone call with Phil Spencer, <laughs> where Sp- Phil Spencer uh, basically said, "Like, look, I assured them we will honor all of our contractual agreements. Everything that's supposed to be multi-platform or be on a PlayStation will continue to be on a PlayStation for as long as those deals are in place." Which is kind of a way of saying, "Like, look, things can change in the future; they just won't change right now." Yeah. So my question to you guys. <laughs> is what do you think the future of Activision properties will look like now that they're all owned by Microsoft? Like, is is this actually sort of a like a, a significant blow to Sony? Or will they be able to hold on to some of their bigger, their bigger multi-platform games like Call of Duty? I think this is the fun part of the conversation, to be honest. This is a speculation <laughs> of what... This is what a lot of the Xbox main gamers got um, mm-hmm. uh, excited about. You know what I'm saying? Um, what does this look like? I, at a minimum, I'm hoping for uh, timed exclusives. At a minimum, just a little okay. tease back on, um, you know, what 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 uh, Microsoft had in the past. Sony's been pulling the big exclusive. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. Sony. How it's their entire yeah. it's, it's their entire uh, strategy is to just have high quality exclusives. Now Microsoft yeah. just bought a gun. 
and they got the bullets. <laughs> they got and the they loading it up. And they got their hand yeah. on the trigger, and they can pull this whenever they want as as once the acquisition is done. Yeah, well, like once those yeah. contractual deals, whatever, are up, yeah. they have some the, decisions to make. When I saw this article, I said, "What else was Sody going to say?" <laughs> 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 Don't worry, everybody. This is going to be okay. You know, we, we just lost somebody, but it's fine. They sweat like <laughs> in the room full of fire, talking about I'm fine. But no, this article was. It felt like Sony had to say something because Sony does yeah. not talk to their people mm. on a regular basis. Um, That's true. Sony said they, they there's some news that had to come out. They said, uh, we called them up and said, uh, you know, are, are we are we still good? And Phil said we good. So guys, that's, that's what that article was. That had to go, I, really that, I bet you that conversation went down exactly like that. Like Jim Ryan just got on the phone. It's like, Phil. Phil, we good? We good? good He's like, <laughs> yeah, man, we good. Yeah, you good, man. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, man. When, when it happens, it happens. Don't worry. <laughs> I do think it's amusing that everyone is all in favor of exclusives when it's Sony doing it, but then Microsoft buy, acquires a bunch of studios yes, and everyone's like, move. oh, God, what if they make things exclusive? How many like, times well, did Phil Spencer let that phone ring? How do you think? <laughs> like, uh, Sony's on the phone. Uh, tell him I'm out yeah. to lunch. <laughs> yeah, it's... Mm, I don't know. I think the... Uh, I, the prevailing wisdom, I think, when it comes to all Microsoft acquisitions is that this is all in, fa- in service of Game Pass. This is all to like right. get things on Game Pass, make it an even more appealing property. And I think at this point... I mean, just, just proposing the hypothetical out there that they don't necessarily need to make Call of Duty exclusive now or ever. Mm-hmm. It's about it's about having a whole thing where, like, well, you can get Call of Duty on PlayStation if that's what mm-hmm. you want, or you for the same amount of money you can get Call of Duty and all of these other games on Xbox. That's that I think that's the appeal they're going for, and that's. I don't. That's why I don't think they necessarily need to make it exclusive. Can I add something to what you just said? Right. Yeah. So not just all these games on Xbox, but all these games on your PC as well. And for some people, all these mm-hmm. games on your phone. This is not something that you can regularly do on the Sony um, platform. What I see in the future is, if there's a PlayStation Five in my home, mm-hmm. it's going to be right next to my Switch as Ooh. a um, second novelty item. Mm. I only have a Switch so I can play Smash and so I can play a couple of the games, right? Um, that's that's really... Honestly, I initially bought it to play Smash with y'all and then, you know, kind of kept pushing from there and it got some other things. But it's it's a novelty item in my home. It's nothing that I use necessarily on a regular basis. My Xbox is on almost mm. every single day or my PC is on every single day, which is the same freaking package, Right. PlayStation 5, I think it's going to be, okay, you know, I really, 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 really want this game. Mm. Let me spend 400 plus on it, which is, I mean, and that's why all, I put all those reallys right before it, right? <laughs> but that that is the basis of Sony's, like, entire appeal yeah. is that they say, like, look, you really, really, really want this game. Like, you want God of War. You want Horizon Zero Dawn. You want Spider-Man. Like, they are fantastic exclusives that you'll only get on Sony's console. But while they, while it seems like while they focus specifically on doing that and that being the model going forward, 
Microsoft pulled out from under them literally every other game, <laughs> like anything else on that platform other than Sony's first-party exclusives. Microsoft has kind of stolen, either put on Game Pass so that it's easily more easily accessible at a lower cost, or outright bought so that now they own it. Like Deathloop is a Microsoft exclusive, even though that's a, even though that's a Sony exclusive right at the moment. Same thing with Ghostwire yeah. Tokyo that's coming out in the future. Uh, MLB The Show, which is Sony's exclusive baseball series. You guys remember? Uh, the MLB was like, hey, that. put this on everything. And then when they put it on Xbox, Microsoft put it on Game Pass. This is a $70 game that's a Sony exclusive but is included in Game Pass on Xbox. Like that difference, just like Rachel said, you don't have to make Call of Duty exclusive. All you got to do is right. put it on Game Pass. And if you got to pay mm-hmm. Sony's 70 or 60 because – well, I don't know. I don't know how much you pay for a Call of Duty campaign nowadays, but if you got to pay full price on Sony, but it's included in Game Pass on Microsoft, you're losing money by choosing Sony's console. Like it's right. just not the same value. No, like, well, a lot of people, for anyone, like only hardcore loyalists, are going to stick with Sony in that kind of scenario. I think a lot of Sony ponies would retort and say that the quality um, of the games is really what you're paying for. Um, and the quality of the system. Now, I'm not saying I attest to that, but I can hear that would be the, the pushback on that. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. When you play a game like Horizon Zero Dawn, it's nothing like anything on the Xbox um, or the the uh, the, the PC um, platform. See what I'm saying? Um, and I think I think that's the biggest pushback that you can hear from Sony. But again, if you don't really, 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 really want that game, that's that's a whole bunch of nothing that I just said. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, feel you're, like you're right. Like as of as of now, for, as of the last ten years or so, like Sony has dominated for that exact reason. But like yeah. that's that's exactly what Microsoft took aim at. Like all the studios that they bought, all the studios that they now have, they will be making first party games. They're trying to replicate that. So like yeah. on top of having that huge library, on top of having your favorite third party studios coming under their wing and being accessible on Game Pass. They yeah. also want to give you high quality exclusives that you won't be able to get on Sony as well. Like that's still coming. That's on the horizon. Like they have Avowed yeah. and uh, Starfield, Hellblade, Starfield. You got Red, uh, Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah, like that's coming. Perfect Dark is coming from Initiative. Like they they want to match that quality for their system as well. But in addition, they just have every other game under the sun. <laughs> right. It's like it's, it's it's hard to argue against. So like the thing is like Sony is I think in trouble here. Like they do want to do a uh their Spartacus service, right? It's supposed to be their version of Game Pass that they're spinning up. Um right. Like if that if that gets off the ground, I I personally still feel like Sony would be hesitant to put their first party exclusives day 1 on that service. Yeah. Like I feel like it's going to be a vehicle for like their their older content, like maybe uh, PS3 games, which have been elusive for them to bring forward for a while now, and you know some of their best PS4 games because you know they had mm-hmm. fantastic exclusives on the PS4. But like all this new PS5 stuff that's exclusive, I don't see that hitting that platform for them because Sony still fancies themselves, you know, another Nintendo and feels like they can kind of do what they want and ask for what they want when they release an exclusive. And as Days Gone has proven, that's not always the case. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, something that dawned on me is not only will they acquire Activision Blizzard, they'll get the esports scene with uh, Overwatch. The uh, was it the uh, Overwatch League? So I'm wondering. Uh, yeah, also Starcraft. 
Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that I think is a much bigger deal than the Overwatch League. Even though I'm a huge Overwatch fan, I actually don't like the Overwatch League. Um, and it's not because I don't respect the, 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 the players by any means. It's more the games um, because of the, the meta of Overwatch. I'm not going to go too far into it, but the meta of Overwatch, they <laughs> get a little bit boring. Um, because they're kind of doing the same plays. Uh, yeah. I think Overwatch is exciting right below the pro level. Right below the pro level. It's, it's a weird dynamic. We'll talk about it another time. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, the StarCraft e-scene, um, is, uh, e-gaming scene is huge. Um, and that is that is something I didn't think about, Jeff, uh, the, the eSports acquisition. Um, I, don't, I wonder how that folds into everything. And I want to yeah, see how profitable that actually is. Um, because I know StarCraft is almost like cultural at this point yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. blizzard said they we're getting away from rts so they weren't looking into putting out another starcraft i think that might change with um microsoft because how much they push for like civilization like, i was about to have, say yeah. they had huge history in rts with age of empires yeah. um and a lot of stuff yeah uh so yeah that, that actually might be something that they want to pump a little bit more money into yep. that's interesting and i wonder how Battle.net's going to fold into Xbox when all that stuff goes on. So this is a lot of moving parts. Oh, wow. How they're going to work when this acquisition does go through. Because uh, Battle.net is a Blizzard-only service. If I log well, into Battle.net... Mm-hmm. You can actually link your Blizzard and Xbox accounts already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're probably going to maybe tighten that uh, that grasp a little bit more. Um, you but yeah, no, I see what you're saying. From Blizzard, from... Uh, Battle.net over to like Microsoft because that's a, I don't think they need to do yeah, all that, that's, but that's they might. A, well, one thing we haven't mentioned yet that I think should not necess- should not go unaddressed is that they also got King in this acquisition. The yes. Candy Crush people, yes, that, the mobile gaming people, mobile gaming like titans. So that is also a really big deal. So any way you slice it, this deal I think that's a lot of money to spend, but I think I think that was worth. Like every yeah. amount of money to my every penny to Microsoft. Whenever yeah. I hear mobile games, one of the very first titles that comes to mind is Candy Crush. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That is the first, like, in, in my opinion, that was the first like viral uh, mobile.